Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785 This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. It is time for another season of Unsigned and Independent. Five episodes are back with Kevin O'Connell, a.k.a. Kickoff Kevin, a.k.a. How are you finding these people? Various ways. This recent one, a couple ones so far this season are actually through Scuba or some other connections, whether it's Mike or people DMing me. All kinds of different ways. Do you ever just go out? Yeah. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah, on the next one, there's there's some of that. Yeah. Do you ever go and you're like, I'm going to go check this person out and see if I want to bring them on and they're not very good, so you don't bring them on? <laughs> I have had similar. Not necessarily that, but yeah, something similar. So here we go. This is uh, Shaylin? Shaylin, yeah. So tell me about Shaylin. So Shaylin, she has quite the story, actually. She's actually signed to Young Money Cash Money Records back in the day. She was part of a pop group. I don't want to say too much here, but... Very unique. She's been all around from L.A. to here, Dallas, and she's back in Nashville for a little under a year now. And how'd you know about her? I found her. I came across her on Instagram, and then I saw some of her stuff, and I liked her. And then actually Scuba mentioned her about a month or two ago, and he's like, hey, do you know anything about Shaylin? And I said, no. Long story short, and then here we are. Speaking of past artists that you've done here, I saw the girl who does, like, punk country. Mm Mm-hmm. Royal Lynn? Yeah, I saw her on TikTok. It was really good. Really? Yeah, she was really good. She's great on TikTok. Yeah, what's and her name again? Royal Lynn. Royal Lynn? Yeah. Yeah, she was really good. Awesome. Okay, here we go. So season two, episode six, it's Kickoff Kevin, Kevin O'Connell with Shaylin on Unsigned and Independent. Shaylin, how are we doing? I am great. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. I wanted to get right into your, your background here. There's, yes. When I grew up, I played a lot of sports growing up. Okay. I bounced around from whether it was in the fall, it was football, spring, baseball, winter basketball, and it never stopped. I was okay. going from practice to practice, game to game. My dad, mom, everybody was taking me everywhere. I was curious. You said you got into music early. What was your upbringing like? You know what's crazy is like my whole family does 
Like, no one's in music. Like, my parents are FBI. That's how they met. Yeah, weird. FBI. I don't know. I know. My dad was, like, a really pretty crazy undercover agent. Um, Now he's retired. But, and then, like, my other brothers, like, they did, like, one's a firefighter, one's, like, he does, like, construction work. So it's, no one did music. And I just remember coming out of the womb, pretty much. And I actually don't remember coming out of the womb. That'd be weird. <laughs> but I do remember the fact of, like, I was in church for the first time and I was singing in the choir and I remember like they had an offering moment where like you, somebody sang a solo and I was like, I want to do that. And I I was like six or seven and Miss June gave me the opportunity to sing the offering that day for all three services and it was called Bringing the Sheaves. And I just remember for like those three minutes, I was like, oh my God, I have to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I don't know what it was of like, Whatever feeling that was, whatever, like looking at people in the eyes, like while I was singing, and I was just like, this is what I, this is what I have to do. So after that, I was, it was just, I was hell bent. So my mom, all of a sudden, I was like, I need a piano. I need to be in vocal lessons. I need to do this. And they were just like, okay, like chill. Like let's, let's take this one step at a time. I did do sports on the side. My family was very like, my parents were the best as far as if I wasn't good at something, they told me. <laughs> they told me right away. Like volleyball, no, absolutely not. Don't let me touch one. Um, we tried it, failed. So the music thing, when we started to do that, my mom was like, okay, this is this is what she's passionate about. So I started doing musical theater at Plano Children's Theater. I started doing all the school plays. I really thought I was going to end up on Broadway because musical theater is like one of my passions. And then I started doing like a private um, master's class at this place called Septian Entertainment Group. And we then I got into this pop group and that was my life. Like I would go to school and then I would do anything that I could afterwards to focus on music, piano lessons, vocal lessons, anything I could possibly do. And my mom was amazing. She was there for everything. And so you did that your whole life. Were they big on music? Like they didn't obviously work in it, but were they big fans of music, country music, any kind of music? And did they know or were they just kind of going along with the ride for you or with you? My family loves music. My dad played everything from Cher, Elvis, um, Ella Fitzgerald, all of these different people. And then country. Like I remember my one of my first CDs that I ever got. <laughs> wow, that feels weird to say. <laughs> um, Britney Spears was one. And then I was obsessed with Uncle Cracker obsessed love that and my mom bought the cd and my dad came home he's like peggy sue what are you doing this is an x-rated album or something because it said explicit (laughs) and it was like this whole thing and i was like in the and i was thinking follow me not knowing at all what it was about till years later and i was like man that's kind of kind of messed up but i love this song (laughs) i was a big uncle cracker fan then brad paisley was one of like my first concerts taylor swift was opening for him with kelly pickler um and i just i was like i love country music so much I love country whiskey lullaby, stay by Sugarland. Like those are staples in my life. That was just like these are some of my favorite songs ever. And I grew up on country music, and I absolutely love it. Church and country music. <laughs> those two. Those two. All well, those go hand in hand. And where did you grow up? Partially Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then I moved to Dallas the rest of the time when I was like seven, and grew up there. And then I moved to LA when I was seventeen. When did you no. move here? August. Okay, from L.A., correct? From Let's L.A. Let's get into L.A. a little bit then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind, you were out there for how long? Ten years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was pursuing pop music out there. Okay, what made you pursue the pop 
Was that something that you were just into at the time? So it was interesting. I was in a pop group when I, probably when I was turning like 12, I got into this Christian pop group. We would tour churches all over Texas. And then like two, three years later, like it became a little bit more serious. We kind of like became just a pop group. There was this lady, um, Doreen Spicer, who then found us somehow, created a little sitcom around us that we filmed the pilot at the Fellowship of the Woodlands in Houston. And we it got picked up by Stars, Kids, and Family. Like It was really successful overseas on like ABC3 in Australia. In fact, a lot of the people that follow me are like fans from those days. Like It's really, really wild. Um, and then all of a sudden, we have this TV show pop off. We um, filmed 26 episodes in Michigan at the time. So I leave high school. I'm homeschooled for the rest of the time. And I'm turning 17 and Young Money Cash Money signs us, which doesn't make any sense when I'm looking back on it. Like they wanted to branch out on the pop side of things. So Nikki had just put out Starships with Red One. Okay. And they were like, we want to do this pop group thing. And I was just like, oh, like, this is crazy. So Slim and Birdman flew us to L.A. Um, oh, yeah, it was wild. I was huge. I mean, this was what year was this? This was 2011. Okay. That's, 20, 2010. That was, that was a huge. I was very into them. Lil Wayne, the whole crew oh, that time. It was like, like when I tell you, we met Drake, we met Nikki, we were at all the YMCMB parties, and we're just these little kids. What? Like, it didn't make any sense. It didn't. They flew us to Paris to do the album with Red One. And I'm just like, I'm just sitting there like, wait, I was just in high school yesterday and now I'm doing an album in Paris with Red One. <laughs> like, what? How does that, yeah, how are those, those two worlds? It like, was, the one? they found us on YouTube or something like somebody sent them our stuff and they were like, we're really interested in doing our first pop group. It was a disaster because they spent like, first of all, we didn't need to go to Paris. There was five of us with a whole entourage because we're underage. So we have to take our manager. Like that's thousands of dollars. Um, Then we did this music video that was just massive for the single. We had this partnership like with Young and Reckless at the time, all these different things. And then it came time to like actually put out the music and there's like no budget or anything for radio. Like there's like, it's, it's, a disaster. Like, it's not like you could put pop music on datpiff.com or mixtape.com. Wow, like, I have not heard those in so long. Oh, yeah. Long. Oh, yeah. I was a big datpiff girl. I was a big, that. big fan. Um, so <laughs> we, we get shelved like that. And I just remember we're still in Texas at the time, and we would go back and forth to L.A. and Miami to work at the Hit Factory. And I just remember I was like, you guys, we got to go out there. We got to get in their face. And my parents were just like, what you're turning 18 like you're gonna go out to LA but there's no stopping me like once I like once I have decided something that's it like you can't and my parents know that they just know that (laughs) so they were very supportive about it they're like listen if this is what you got to do but like you realize how expensive it is to live out there I move out there I live in 232 square foot apartment there's no kitchen there's no nothing um, I'm working three jobs at the time. I'm signed to one of the biggest labels in the world. My life was six months before that, traveling, um, doing a tour in South America, like, and then six months and I am working three jobs. I am living in a box. Um, I have no money to my name and I am stuck in a contract. And I was stuck in that contract. This is my release date. key back to my freedom. I have it tatted on me because it was a big day. Wow. Um, Yeah, my group split up, like, probably two years later. They were like, this isn't, like, we're stuck. This isn't working. Um, And I, it was the most depressing, but also such a humbling experience to 
know how bad I wanted it, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I really want this. So then my group went back home. They all do, like, one's a pastor now. Like, they all have kids, and they have beautiful lives. And I was just, like, the lunatic that was like, I have to do music. I have to make it work. So I stayed stuck in the contract um, for a couple years, and then I got out of it, started really figuring out my way as far as, like, being a songwriter I got really heavy into the EDM world. I would message pretty much the only way I learned how to write a song was messaging all of these SoundCloud producers and was just like, I need you to send me a track. Can you send me a track? Like, because no one would really work with me because I was affiliated with Cash Money at the time and they were going through all these lawsuits. So no one like really felt comfortable knowing that that was my label. Mm -hmm. And so I just like had to message all these SoundCloud producers and I would just sit in my room for hours. I would study Max Martin. I would study all these different people. And I was horrible at first trying to write a song about myself. And then I just got better and better. And then I wrote my way to my first publishing deal out there. I flew to Korea a bunch to do a bunch of K-pop for K-pop artists. Um, And then I landed my record deal with Republic in 2018 for pop. And... They were amazing. It was always great. And then COVID happened. I took a step back. I also was surrounded by people that it was just not good. It was not It was not a good situation. They were at the point where then in 2020, 2021, it was like, you're never going to work. You need to stop doing the artist thing. You need to just write for people. And I was brokenhearted. I was devastated. And then I met my now manager, who's incredible, Tommy Hubbard, and he brought me out to Nashville. But it was under my old management was like, she's not going to do an artist thing. Like, she needs to be out there and write for people. And I wrote my first song called What If I Don't at 9 a.m. with Phil Barton, Lindsey Rhymes, and Seth Ennis. And I remember leaving that session bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I have to be here. Have to be here, so I went back. I asked Republic, like they were amazing. They're like, whatever you got to do to win, we support you. Like you, you, you can walk, and they let me walk. Um, I fired my old team, and I turned my life upside down and moved out here in August of last year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like in the nutshell. That is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. There's so much more to it, but <laughs> that's I'm, like the condensed. And version. that was over a decade span. Mm-hmm. <sighs> This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. 
Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Stu's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. So you touched all genres. Mm-hmm. You hung out with every kind of crowd you can think of. You have of. no idea. <laughs> what was the difference then? Because I used to live in L.A. before I moved out here as well. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, I wasn't, I was working in sports at the time, so I wasn't really involved in the music industry. Okay. What's the biggest difference, other than, you know, it's more poppy out there and obviously more country here. What do you think the biggest difference is trying to do music there and surviving in the music world there compared to Nashville? It's crazy because they're both equally like there's so many talented people there and there's so many talented people here. But I will say like Nashville is like a you come here and like every day I wake up and I try to like become better at my craft because there are so many talented people here. Mm -hmm. And I think that the live show aspect, I think that it's such about the music, whereas like L.A. is really about the networking. Um, It's about the networking and what can you do for me and how can I get ahead? And that's amazing. That's cool. It's necessary. But I feel like here is really about the music first. And if you're good and you're writing great songs, like, it's, like, respectable. Whereas L.A., I feel like if you're really good at clout chasing, then, you know. There it is. And I love love L.A., don't get me wrong. (laughs) But, uh, no, I just, I love Nashville. I I wouldn't, I, it's so funny. I was supposed to come out here when I was 21. I was, like, approached by a manager, and he was like, you need to come back and, come back to your roots and I uh my old team was like no if you do that you're gonna ruin your career and all this stuff so like I was supposed to come out years ago okay yeah yeah but but the timing of it you can't really yeah right at at the same time you learned so much at your time out there so much if you moved out here when you were young and 21 and you know fresh and thousand percent who knows where you'd be right now and you your mentally wouldn't be the same spot so it's always it's always one of those Take the good with the bad and learn yep. from what you can and try to move on and, and just better your life more than anything, yeah. especially professionally. Yeah. Now, you talked about your song, What If I Don't. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play a little clip right here and then we're okay. going to talk about it if you don't mind. Okay, so that song I saw today 
has over 9 million streams. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about this song that you think? Because when I first heard it, obviously it connects with anybody. We've all been through the heartbreak. Oh, God. The ugly breakup, the sad breakup. <laughs> the worst. And it's one of those, you think it's the end of the world. The worst. You just want to crawl up in your bed and you have the lyrics, you know, what if I don't? Like, what if you move on and what if I don't? What if I'm doing this and what if you don't? Because yeah. you always think they're living a better life than you. Oh, it's you. the worst feeling in the world. So that's what connects with me and probably nine plus million other people that have downloaded crazy. it, right? Crazy, And what did this song, how did it come about for you? You know what's crazy is I was at the lowest point of my life when I wrote that song. I was, my relationship at that time was the person I thought I was going to marry. And... It was like we were taking time apart and I we thought like it was going to like I thought that we were working on being better people and there was a whole different agenda on his end, which is fine. Mm. But he ended up having like this whole girlfriend that I found out about as uh, it was it was a mess. But basically, like in this time period, I was just like he's he's posting this girl. He looks so happy like he's doing all the things that he didn't do for me like. And not that posting or anything matters, but it was just like, he looks proud of this relationship. He looks, he looks happy. And I was just like, am I forever going to feel this way? Am I forever going to like drink a glass of whiskey and like want to call him or like the first time I hear good news? Like I will say for like a good year, every time I got good news about like all of this stuff happening here, the first person I wanted to call was him. And that's the worst feeling in the world because you share so much with somebody and you become strangers and it's... That feeling of just like, like, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I love him as a person. Um, but it's just, I was, I was at rock bottom. And I just remember coming into that session thinking that I had to write for other people. And I just remember leaving there and I was like, no, nobody can sing this song. Like, this is my song. Again, I love pitching songs. I love, like, anybody can take them. But there's a few songs that are like, no, that's my story and I have to tell it. And I'm so freaking glad I did because I put it out independently and it's I've never had a song ever do what it's doing. Did you think it was going to be that successful? I had no. I was just so excited to put music out for the first time in like a year and a half. And like I was nervous because I was like, I'm making this transition. I don't know if people are going to be like how they're going to feel about it. I don't know if this world's going to accept me. Um, I was like kind of nervous, but I was also so excited because it was something new that I felt like. I was so connected to it for the first time in a long time because I will say like I fell out of love with music for the first time during COVID like I it was the first time in my entire life I'd questioned is this still for me and that broke my heart like I've never questioned that before so when I came here and I made this music not to mention so much music that whole week that I'm so excited for it to come out but I just remember falling back in love with it. And even though I was heartbroken and sad, that feeling kept me going. Mm-hmm. And I was just so excited for the world to have something that I was excited about. And I feel like once, if something's so authentically you, I feel like people can't not connect to it. And that's, I, it's crazy to me the stories that people will, will message me about of like, because I didn't even think about it this way of a lot, majority of these are yes, relationships ending, but people passing away. Yeah. And that's like that's like a big one that I didn't even think about. I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy what a song can do. It really is. And I truly mean it when I first heard it. And I was just like, I mean, I, I kind of went through a similar where I thought I was going to marry somebody, broke up. 
and that was four or five years ago, and it still kind of brings you back. But like now, you're moved on, and, you're, and I'm fine, and all that. Yes. But you still you understand the song, and you yes. can relate to the song, no matter how long it's been, whether it's been last week or four or five, ten years ago. Yeah. Because we've all been there, and we've I think all that's been you, there. When you hear that song, and then you can hear it in your voice, and then now I can hear you talking about it. It's just a great song. I appreciate you. And I'm not uh, I'm not surprised by the success it's doing for sure. Thank you. When you go into writing a, a song, do you have something in mind that you want to put out? Or is it something that you're feeling that day? Something that you wake up to that morning? Typically, I'll, I'll have concept. Like, I just got to write this song that I've had the concept in my phone since, like, March. Um, and I had a situation with the same ex that, like, <laughs> happened recently. And I was just like... I had this concept and I remember there's a few sessions that I know going in, like if I've worked with them before, I'm like, okay, like this is the concept today. Um, but there was one last Friday that I'd had it. We, we were talking about the story and it all came together. And like, it's like my new favorite. What if I don't almost like, I'm so excited with the song out, but um, it was, I usually have like the ideas that I want to walk in with and I get really, I have the chord progressions or like, what I want it to sound like and I get really excited because people when like to collab with everybody and just hear their ideas and the songwriting process itself is so exciting. Do you know going into writing a song whether you're going to write it for yourself or somebody else? Typically I just always go in writing like as if it were for me um, because I think when I unless somebody's like hey we're looking for x y and z and I have like a job that day but I typically, no matter what, write a song just telling my story. And then if that resonates with somebody else's story and they need to sing it, great. Is that do they do they reach out to you and ask you for a song, or is it you kind of put a song out there and that's up for if somebody wants it for the taking, or you cut it yourself? Um, I typically cut all the songs, and then if somebody's like pitching records and they're like. Hey, somebody's looking for this kind of song do you have anything and i'm like yeah like let's see if this works mm -hmm. and if i know i'm not putting it out on my artist stuff then i just send it and see where it goes do you have a favorite co-writing session out here in nashville that you've done so far oh my god there's so many um i will say my most recent favorite is michael whitworth and lindsey rhymes that was <laughs> what a day <laughs> um what a day indeed uh i love jess kane i love um i love phil barton i love lindsey i love Ilya tashinsky i love I just love everybody I, I work out say, here. Uh, we're gonna name everybody. <laughs> I was in like, Nashville. I could honestly like Andy Albert said that is like, everybody. I just love them. That's I, awesome. I really have not had a co-write where I'm just like, oh, and I love that. Do you know a lot of? I'm always curious about this. No matter who the artist is, do you know these people going into when you're going to write a song with them? Because I feel like I've never written a song. I've never been in a co-writing room, anything like that. I feel like some people know who they're going to write with or they don't. And if you don't, is that kind of awkward or no? Majority, actually, every session that I've ever been in, unless I've worked with you before, um, I'm going in not knowing these people. And it's kind of like a blind date where you, like, bear your soul and you bear everything. Like, I, And I'm an open book, so, like, I really go into detail about what's going on in my life, probably a little <laughs> bit more than I should. <laughs> kind of comes back to bite me in the butt sometimes. <laughs> but I really lay it all out. And then you talk through it. You talk through, like, the things that are going on and you make a song and then you hope that that song does something. It's the weirdest concept when people are like, so what's a session? I'm like, yeah. it's kind of like speed dating. Like you really just sit down. You don't know these people. You're hoping that the energy and everything clicks. It does. You make a great song. The song perhaps changed your life. And that's, it's weird. It's that's just wild. weird. That's wild. I've always had this th thought in the back of my mind where I'm like, I kind of want to, 
would like to sit in on one of those you just should. to see what it's like. You should. Just to have a better idea, because I don't think anybody really understands unless no one... you are in that room. Like, you don't know how a song comes about. You hear this song, but you don't really know. To be honest with you, most of the time when I leave a session and I hear the song, I'm like, did we write that? Like, it's almost like I'm channeling something that's just far beyond me that I couldn't even... I don't even know how to describe it because it's something far greater than it's just like it's just crazy. That's great. It's really cool. That's awesome. One day I'll I'll be in. You should come in. Yeah, I'll have you come in. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. (laughs) This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means the families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Did I read a story about you with Dave Matthews? You said you oh, have some. <laughs> there it is. The love of my life, Dave, if you ever listen to this. Uh, can you tell the story? So I'll make this short. So I was in my group at the time. I was probably 
I think I was 18. We had a show in Washington, D.C. I'm a big Dave Matthews fan, like big Dave Matthews. I've been to like seven of the Dave Matthews band shows, but I was so obsessed with the first time I'd ever seen something of him. It was um, I'd seen his show, but then I'd seen this video of him and Tim Reynolds at Radio City Music Hall. And I was like, I have to see one of those shows, which they rarely play just them two together. And I remember we had a show in Washington, D.C., and he was doing a Jane Goodall event at the time. That was a private show with him and Tim Reynolds. And I was like, I have to go to this show. So we stayed an extra day. Um, I, at the time, (laughs) I'm explaining this for a reason. I had bright red hair, Mm. bright red hair. I had just gotten the keratin treatment done, which the keratin treatment, you couldn't wash your hair. You couldn't wet your hair, anything for the first three days. And this was fresh off the press. I'm talking like straight spicy i was feeling myself we were going to the show i was feeling great um and we're sitting in washington dc having lunch right before the show and we're we're paying the bill and i just feel this like massive thing go down the side of my head and it's bird poop like i'm not talking like a small thing i'm talking like this bird just ate a small animal (laughs) like it just (laughs) and then it just (laughs) dropped it on my head and i'm talking smelly i'm talking like crusty and like all the things that you could think of of poop was on the side of my bright red head and i couldn't wet it i couldn't wash it i couldn't even put it up in a ponytail um i had to sit there and like smudge it into my hair to get it to come out so now my hair is like clumping together um and you can fully see the crusty outline of the white and grayish colors on the red um, and I'm devastated. I'm sobbing. We're like 30 minutes from going to this concert. I'm like, I can't go. I smelled really bad. Like it was a smell I've never known. And my other group member was like, just suck it up. Like, it's fine. We're going to go. I was like, no, this is a disaster. So we're walking. We're like in the city. We're trying to find the concert hall. I'm sobbing my eyes out. We walk into what we thought was the concert hall and it right there in front of us is Dave Matthews, Tim Reynolds, and Jane Goodall doing a private meet and greet. And I like stop because the concert hall's over here and we walked in the wrong place. None of the security saw us walk in. Nobody did. Nobody was looking if we had a pass. And I was like, get in the line now. Get in the line. We're going to meet him. <laughs> I was like, I don't even care if I get arrested. Get in the line. Not totally forgetting that I have poop on the side of my head. So we get in the line. We walk up. We meet him. I'm like, Mr. Matthews, it's such a pleasure. And he's kind of looking at me, and I can tell now he smells me. And he's probably like, this poor girl is like, like, like something's wrong with her. And he's like, stay strange, my friend. And that's all he said. And we take a picture, and in the picture you could see the outline of the bird poop. And I don't even say a word to Tim Reynolds or Jane Goodall because I'm so starstruck. I walk right past them. I go to the show, I the best concert I've ever seen, and it was, I guess, the um, the saying, bird pooping on you is good luck, was, that was a thing that day. Yeah. I'll never you, forget it. You're a proof of that? <laughs> See? That, that, See? <laughs> that's very, uh, that's such a Dave Matthews thing to say, I feel it's like. It's so too. Dave Matthews. Stay, what, stay, stay strange, strange, my friend. And just probably like this monotone, too, huh? Truly, and like stay. a weird voice. I was like, are you high? Yeah. <laughs> like, am I high? I don't know. Here? What's in this bird poop? I, I don't really, know. I was like, is, am I hallucinating right now? That's yeah, it was, it was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> good for you. I'm glad it turned into a, a good story at the Same. end. I, I didn't know where that story I'll never going. forgive that bird, but it's fine. It's okay. Cool. It's all right. he, had a, he had it out for me. Yeah. 
Well, what else do you have in the works for the rest of this year? You got a lot of stuff going on, music? I do. I have a single coming out, so I'm really freaking excited. I just signed with CAA on touring, so I am, that's like a dream for me that I have, since I was like 12, I've been, I love, I'm just so excited. Um, Potentially an album at the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, okay. and then a really cool little a little feature coming up that I can't say anything about, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> That's very exciting. Congratulations <laughs> yes, on, you. on all your success. I'm thank sure you. you're only, what, a year and a half into this in the National? Not, Not even a year. And it's look at you already. I literally, what? like, what if I don't? It hasn't even been a year. <laughs> yeah, see, and great song, by the way. If you didn't hear it earlier, you got to download <laughs> Go it now. Go download it now. I want to finish this off real quick and do some rapid-fire questions oh, to uh, <laughs> get to know you a little bit more. Oh, no. If you don't mind, if you don't mind. We're My manager's sitting in the corner stuff. looking. <laughs> She's like, no. <laughs> Let's see. No, they won't be too bad. I promise. I'm ready. It'll be uh, just to get to know you a little better. I'm ready. All Hit right. me. Number one, we'll run through five of them. What's your favorite hobby outside of music? Oh, gosh. Um, I really love working out. Big workout fiend. Working out and my dog. Uh, anything to do with my dog. What kind of dog? <laughs> yeah. He's Cocker Spaniel, Poodle, and Dachshund. <laughs> you show me the tattoo of the <laughs> I literally right have now. it tatted on my arm because I'm crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Who is your favorite artist of all time? Oh, you can't do this to me. Three. Oh, God. Um, Shania Twain, uh, Adele, and Cher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that wasn't fully. It's okay. We're going we're gonna to go with that. Oh, and Dave Matthews. God, well, what am I doing? <laughs> I feel like he was honorable mention we didn't have to talk about. Yeah. Him. Okay. If you had to watch one movie for the rest of your life. Sex in the be? City. Is that a movie too? I oh, yeah. Sex in the City, oh, the okay. movie. Yeah. It's the best. Oh, really? It's the best. When she poops her pants, it's my favorite part. My favorite part. <laughs> a lot of poop. If you weren't into music, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd say a veterinarian, but only the good parts of the veterinarian, which is like, really, like just seeing the animal at first. <laughs> and other than that, like, I always was like, I'm going to be a veterinarian until I realized what all came with that. So almost like a volunteer. Uh... Literally just, I'll be the front desk at the yeah, veterinarian. There you go. Check the animals in, make sure they're good. Yeah, exactly. Okay, last one here. Describe yourself in three sentences. I'm very resilient. I love to entertain people. And I'm a psychopath in the best way possible. Well, there you go. You heard it here. <laughs> Shaylin, she's a psychopath, but only in the best way possible. At least I know it. Uh, that's awesome. Shaylin, thank you so much. Where can they find you on social media? You can find me all over. Um, Shaylin Official on Instagram, Shaylin Music on TikTok, Shaylin on Twitter, and then Spotify, just Shaylin, Apple Music Shaylin. All right. Shaylin, S-H-A-Y-L-E-N, by the way. That's go me. search her. Go stream her music. Support her. Shaylin, thank you so much. It's been thank a lot you. of fun. Thank you. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.